I'm Siri. I'm like Ray, but I'm a witcher, and I'm gonna be a great witcher, and me and Geralt, we're gonna be the best witchers of all the witches. <laughs> That's how I hear Siri in my head. Oh, God bless her. He has to make plenty of compromising decisions to protect Siri once he's decided to do that. Spoiler alert, it's at the end of the season already, and it's gonna be for the whole thing. It's Geralt and Siri. I'm Siri. I'm gonna be a witcher with Geralt, the best witcher of all the witches. You called it Jesse James. Jesse, a.k.a. The Bizzle. Oh, The Bizzle, thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle? Thank you, The Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, guys, here we go. Final two episodes of The Witcher Season 1. The first Season 1, Episode 7, Before a Fall. Interesting choice instead of Before the Fall. Who cares? So... Despite the fact that Siri's been in the wilderness and the science stories, the way they structured it because she doesn't come in until the end of the books, guys, as I'm trying to get to, until the end of Sword of Destiny. The character of Ciri. We get the prophecy, Dooney, the porcupine, <laughs> crazy grandmother, Kalinthi, and and so forth. Sorry, I got two sets of uh, ear phone on, because I'm watching on my big screen. Um... And the only way to keep to, to keep you know Siri in our mind's eye the whole time was to have the the two uh, timelines. But the problem is almost the entirety of all of the last wish and almost the entirety of sort of destiny until the last couple of stories with Siri take place in the past in in the dozens to hundreds of years past. Like you know Yennefer, God knows how old she is. Geralt's old as shit. Um, and now the timelines are converging. Now we got the big battle. And if you recall the last episode, you know, Geralt and Yennefer send each other away by acting like children and immature, insecure. Yeah, Geralt very stupidly and meanly sends Yaskier away. He's done really nothing but try and keep Geralt's spirits up and keep him a little bit in touch with humanity. Um, and so he hates Yaskier for the exact thing that he deep down wants. Siri, of course, will be the one. So now here is the conjunction of the spheres, as we say, the, the dark crystal. Um, I, I'm not going to go th- through the uh, all the similarities and differences of the way uh, the stuff with him and the Sintrans play out. Um, as he has a reunion here with the real Mouse Sack and, of course, Queen Kalinthi. Um in um in the books he comes much earlier he is tricked uh by Calanthe uh, successfully um into thinking there there's not someone special or or something it, you know the love surprise didn't pan out he doesn't want to be part of it and so he's looking for an excuse um to get out of it which is part of what the 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 mischievous but wise digging uh that uh Sea of Black and Gold, yeah, that's the Nilfgaardians. 
They're they're hinting already at the wild hunt. I'm not going to go there yet. But anyways, so Geralt leaves. He doesn't even want a part of the destiny in the books. But then he meets Ciri in Brokilon Forest, and they immediately recognize something about one another. Here come the assassins. This, this was not this was not Mausak's idea, and he expresses great discontent to his queen about this. He he likes Geralt. He wants Geralt to fulfill the destiny, be the protector of Ciri, and, and the one who brings Sintra back to life down the line, and, and all, all their hopes and dreams. But, um... Sorry, this is gripping, and, and I specifically... I told you I have had watched already through twice or almost twice all the episodes before doing the commentaries. Um, I... Other than having it in the background for some visual stuff, I have not gone back to these final two episodes since the initial watching and really sat down and listened and watched. Um, uh, but indeed, Calanthe tries all sorts of underhanded tricks in the book, and he meets, but he ends up in Brooklyn Forest with Siri, and that's the adventure Brooklyn Forest. And Siri, uh, showing how smart she is, but also unsure of her place. Um, uh, she had run away from home to avoid marriage. Sintra had not been burned at that uh, had been burned at that point. So that was just Siri running away, being rebellious, which she does over and over again, even with the people she loves and trusts. Finally, yet for Geralt, the first opportunity to run away from her, her destiny and her responsibility, she does, and almost gets everyone killed. But that's Siri. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, we got the portal magic with Mastic. So, guys, I'm sorry if you're friends of mine and I've been spoiling things a few days ahead of where you are, but I can only wait so long. I I, I love you, friends and fans, and, you know, but I've been working so hard on my podcast and just talking this up among friends and people I know, all parts of my life, so that this would succeed if it was good. And so I feel like a huge stake- shareholder and a stakeholder, but I want more and more people to watch and so, if you see an image of Siri and Geralt um, that you haven't seen yet, I-, I can assure you it is not a long-term spoiler, or even really a spoiler, but I, we need to keep getting people excited and keep building on this, um, because it, it, we need everyone on board before Season 2, when they do Blood of Elves and probably Time of Contempt, the first two books in the series saga. Um, oh, here's Calanthe, <laughs> not looking so happy. I warned you about coming back. Right, yeah. The the worst thing you could do to prevent Geralt from doing something is to try and prevent him from doing it, and then he really wants to do it. And that's where him and Ciri relate, is the irrational rebellious. But Ciri's just born more out of curiosity um, and just lack of control. Geralt, it, it, it's deep-seated rage. And that's the thing him and Yennefer share, is below all of the asceticism and the magic... And, and the academia and the discipline is is seething oceans, volcanoes of rage. So Geralt runs across Ciri in Brooklyn Forest, and they have an adventure, and Ciri realizes, as I was saying much earlier than 
not only she reveals to Geralt, but actually before she reveals to us, and Geralt suddenly realizes that she's watching him closely, and maybe he shouldn't misjudge this this naive little princess in the forest, and actually Ciri's quite well aware, because she was brought up not from Queen Calinthine necessarily, who didn't want to talk about the White Wolf, who she had very mixed feelings about, to say the least, as we saw here. Look at her. She's so miserable compared to the earlier Calinthine. She's run down, but they're about to all be burned and dead. I mean, the burden on her is insane. And, um, and the reason we had to have Geralt act like actually more babyish and immature than he ever does in the book, um, was to humanize him in this, in this first season. But it was also because not only does he recognize Siri in the book in the forest, but even establishing that they probably are destined to be together and it's the law of surprise with, with Siri and Siri's already begging him to take her. He says, no, 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 you're going to go back home. Your, your your grandma will take fine care of you. This destiny stuff is bullshit. And so Geralt loses his chance to have Siri already away from all the danger and protect her. And so it makes it doubly more painful um, when the the word gets back that like immediately after that Sintra's burned and everyone's murdered and it all of a sudden occurs to him like oh this can't be a coincidence I had her here I had the the child of surprise the law of surprise that I invoked (laughs) at the the porcupine wedding Um, and and, and then he gets, like we see in the final two episodes, he gets really badly injured. He's mostly injured and hallucinating and maybe seeing his mom and maybe having visions of Yennefer while the while the the witches and the enchantresses are doing all the fighting and blah, 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 blah. Um, uh, that's uh, her fancy ring. It's a fancy, a fancy pants royal, royals ring. Um, uh, ring. Ring of the royals. Um, and so he has to suffer through the knowledge that is fucked up. Now, they, they simulate some of that here because he fails to convince Calanthe. Calanthe tries to kill him multiple times or just get rid of him. And then as Geralt's leaving is when the city's bombed and he can't find her. And so they're separated, so he still has that sort of inward suffering. But it's important to make the distinction here, because in the book, he specifically meets her and has plenty of time to establish how important she is and that he needs to be the protector that he's supposed to be in Brokelon Forest, and they just go from there straight to Kaer Morhen, you know, the Witcher, uh, it's a Witcher stronghold, or anywhere away from the action of the Nilfgaard invasion. And, and there, he, he, to- he, he really screws up from a logistical standpoint. But here, they want him to screw up from a moral immaturity and just lack of comprehension of how bad and complicated things really are standpoint. Up oh, here's Terry, Terry with the horse. We know she can ride. Although Yennefer teaches how to ride like like the wind. Yennefer is one of the best riders in the land. Yep, Yennefer. <laughs> best magician. Best hand-to-hand fighter. Best horse rider. That's that's, that's the thing. That's, that's why you got to make her evil and crazy. It's way more interesting than Ray, you know, or Luke Skywalker. Um, and So here's, and so this mirrors what happens in the book. Again, I don't have it in front of me, but there, there is an attempt where the, she, they show him the yard, and it's a yard. Oh, that's what it is. They don't dispel. They, here, they've already told him it's a girl, and so they're selling him a, the, a fake series. And we're gonna see tons of fake series in the series, in the series, usually by bad guys, uh, like the Love Guardians, who are trying to hide the fact that they can't find Siri. This is their main mission. We'll get back to that probably next season, 
But there is a misdirection where he comes to, uh, you know, b- before he meets Siri in Brooklyn Forest and starts putting the pieces together, he does come to Clinty to collect on the law of surprise. And he goes to the, in the yard and, and there's like, and Pavetta actually had a bunch of kids, not just one daughter. And, and, and a lot of them are sons. And they, he shows them all the sons and he uses his, you know, his witcher sense and he doesn't, it's not tingling or sensing anything. Um, magic in the boys and, and so that throws him off and again he wants to be thrown off but uh, uh, you remember the last episode ended up with you know what I call the the uh, prophecies that are intentionally fake prophecies um, from the golden dragon aka Borch um, who's telling Geralt and Yennefer the things that they think are true and don't want to hear, but are actually not true and they do need to hear. And that's the whole point of the uh, the Oracle, of course, uh, and the Matrix. And the thing you love or don't love about the Matrix and the Oracle in particular is that she's constantly telling Neo and Morpheus what they need to hear because they aren't, they just aren't wise enough and, and they can't possibly comprehend how complicated the whole Matrix Messiah complex plan is. Um, and so, you know, in, in, in Obi-Wan and Yoda, as I always talk about, do the same thing with Luke, and, and that's, you know, that, that's, that's the burden of the, um, of, of the masters in the Padawans or whatever. Um, but here, with the Yennefer gone, and he drives Dandelion away just to, get focused um it's funny to think actually so you're right so the so the golden dragon uh, in the form of borsh specifically lies uh, to both of them in a way he says yennefer your womb will never be repaired and that's true but what he's saying is you'll never have children but it's a total lie because she falls so badly in love with siri as a daughter Uh, she's more obsessed with her as a daughter and does more to sacrifice herself in her life um Oh, there's the real Siri. Oh, uh, that's right. So it goes to the very beginning of the game when she's dressed as one of the poor kids. First trying to kill me, they trying to lie. Right, he figures it out really quickly. Trying to keep Sirella safe. Siri is safe. All right. Takes over my throne. So, anyways, we, we it, it's way more interesting to, in three-dimensional to have Geralt be kind of an immature, selfish dick the way Yennefer is, and to finally say, okay, screw it, I gotta do my duty. I, I can't avoid this anymore, series it. Um, and that's why they decided they didn't have to go to Brokilon Forest in, in this version of The Witcher, and I'm cool with it, and we're gonna move on and talk about these last two episodes, because the stuff with the women, enchantresses, and the mages, and the sorcerers, and all Vilgaforts, all Vilgaforts, uh, we get to Saya back, we get tons of Cal- evil Calanthe here, we get Vilgaforts, oh man, they're setting up so much. Quint Eel of Sintra, grandmother to one. Yep. Oh, there. Yeah, he's he's already lost his ability to um, uh, her her Viking man here. Right. I remember when you honored the law of surprise. What changed? I had a granddaughter. Right. So protect her. This is when he really when he's really talking and giving like actual like extended lines where he really has to just sound like the Geralt from the video game. It works amazingly. Like a cowboy with a British twang. Blindness. Nearly broken. Mm-hmm. 
Alright, Pavetta died at sea, and supposedly so did Dooney. But again, guys, spoiler alert, right now on the throne of Nilfgaard, Amir von Emres is the guy who was the hedgehog and the father of Siri. If I hear Siri's in danger, you know I can't do that. Uh, they're going to try and kill him again. Iced. Fucking iced. You're supposed to be the good guy, and you're failing your granddaughter. And this is the whole point. And, and this is why they wanted it. Because they wanted Geralt to, to be, uh, to, once he had his head straight about Ciri, to be single-minded. So that Iced, uh, as the adoptive grandfather, but especially Calanthe as, as a grandmother and the caretaker, would be so tragically wrong in, in trying to stop Geralt. And only realize that the, the literal, as I said, the literal last minute when it's literally burning to the ground, that they, they had no choice but to send her to Geralt. And hopefully it's not too late. And they get lost in the fire. And then we have our adventure from Sword of Destiny. Ah, beautiful Yennefer. You know, we, we have her with the, the 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 Star Wars hair in the first and the last one, you know, and here she's back to looking a little, um, I mean, it's very gorgeous, you know, blue and green um, sort of riding dress outfit she's got going on there. But it's definitely a different look. I love the fashion. Okay, so the ruffliness of the Nilfgaard uh, armor, I think, is what people have a problem with. Um, the problem with people's problem is I think it looks awesome, and it's not... Oh, uh, there's Istred. Oh, this is great. This is... Right. Okay. So I got to tell the story of Istred again real quick, in case you're joining. Uh, which is in the book, he it, it doesn't happen the way it starts, where they meet when they're very young and she's ugly and they're sleeping together and he believes that she's beautiful before she's beautiful and all that, you know, really great stuff and I'm glad they added all that. But we know that they've known each other for a long time. And one of the stories in The Sword of Destiny, um, and another one that makes Jennifer look really horrible, is Geralt, again, because of their tied uh, fates via the last wish, shows up in a town that happens to have Yennefer, but she's also been cohabitating with this guy Istred, a wizard she's known in a long time. Istred is seen as, is portrayed as way less noble, way older and more white, at least in my mind. Uh, I guess that's just a fantasy genre. Way less interesting than this guy. You're really rooting for this guy. In a lot of ways, you're like, this is the guy that she, she sort of needs, but it, it is not nearly... Uh, dark and complicated enough for her. Uh, I guess he's going to break my rule of never trust male sorcerers. Um, we'll get back to never trust male sorcerers. Um, but uh, but it's the, the episode's called Shards of Ice, um, I believe. And Shards of Ice is a translation of like the elvish name of the town or whatever. But it's you know it's symbolic of the iciness of Yennefer and but also the iciness in the competition between this guy Istrid and the Witcher. And they start being very, like, you know, chest pounding. Um, like, they're going to fight over Yennefer in typical f- fashion for young girls or old girls, actually like young girls like Yennefer. You know, she says, oh, please, don't fight over me. You know, the, the last thing I want is for you to fight over me. Of course, she wants, oh, there's Vilgefortz. Oh, no. Oh, man. But anyways, and so it, it, it's, it's, it's a great resolution because it seems like there's not a lot of options. Like, they're going to have to fight or one of them is going to run. But Yennefer flees town saying she's not going to be with either of them. 
Istrid realizes that when it comes to him, that it's true. That she's basically chosen Geralt because he's aware, being so powerful and knowing Yennefer well, about the last wish, at least at some level, and that they're linked. And so by leaving town when she was staying with him, as soon as Geralt shows up, she's essentially saying, I'm choosing neither of you, but in the future, if anyone has a chance with me, it's Geralt. And so he actually goes out to fight Geralt, knowing he has no chance hand-to-hand combat of winning, hoping that Geralt will just kill him, you know, and take take him out of his his post romantic misery. This is great because this is her trying to act like a normal human being, and he's looking right into her soul, and she he's he's about to drop the biggest thing, which is. You were considered an ugly hunchback, but I loved that person. I don't know who you are. Look at him. He's staring. No one's ever seen that but me. He's staring right into her soul. These young men of color, in terms of this this guy in Vilgefort's coming up, are like, you can just tell, you know, A-level English UK theater actors. Because everyone has to have a complicated relationship with Yennefer. You can't. Po- you have to be powerful or smart or probably both um, to have a chance of even talking with her. You know, here it comes. I spent... This guy's great. I spent years waiting for this moment where you realize you're meant for each other. So he doesn't fight Geralt, but the spirit of this where he realizes it's just never going to happen, like the elf a couple episodes ago, and the tragedy and the sadness of the whole thing is perfectly reflected. And she's still smiling. She doesn't see it. She still thinks this is going to go wherever, which way she wants to go, but he's going to call the shots. Or she's starting to realize that. You shut them all down. Yep. Saying He's saying your shit on your heart. Stragabor. Oh, right. Forget about the girl. Get back to work. Work saved me. He was really obsessed with her. He loved the ugly one. He was... That was his true love, was the ugly one. So his whole life has been driven to madness because of romantic attachment to not this Yennefer. To ugly but beautifully hearted Yennefer. I'm sorry you chose power. She's starting to cry in her eyes. You can see it. Oh, those lips. She's got the Monica Bellucci lips. And he's not even sure she's comprehending. He's crying, and he's going, you're, you're dead. And at least you kept your eyes. Oh, man. This guy's just... The side character... I mean, the top, like, six to ten... And she's still not sure what's going on. But unlike Geralt, who she just... Whenever things go bad, she, they just, she just goes mean... Oh, here we go. Yes. Here we go. This guy's great. This guy's great. This guy's great. Because the big bogeyman, Vilgefort, the big bogeyman, he's supposed to be the white knight. Not literally white, I suppose, but like, you know. He's supposed to be the white knight, the male sorcerer to unite all the good guys to fight Nilfgaard. And that's exactly what goes on. But it's not because he's swarthy and has a mustache and long hair that makes him look menacing. It's just that he is devastatingly good-looking and unbelievably sexy to sound. <laughs> Listen to I can't even talk straight. I'm with her right now. I'm totally taken by this this charisma. The chapter thinks you're rash, unpredictable, and dangerous. That's the thing. So I, I knew that they 
early on that they were not going to do Brokilon and the Siri stuff wasn't going to be, you know, the most interesting and they were going to they were going to rejigger this whole end because we knew Sodden Hill happened with the magic that they're starting to talk about here but we didn't actually see it blah blah blah. So I was already willing ready and willing fully to let them take liberties as long is is the enchantress has got to be awesome and Siri ends up with Geralt at the very end. Even though I would have done that particular part very well. We'll get there in the ne- end of the next episode. I-, I was willing to let them really do anything because I knew they were going to have to to do Game of Thrones level stuff, even though they had already done it in the first episode. But in the first season of the, the new big fantasy epic, here he is. Okay, so I don't know how much to say about Vilgefortz, but Vilgefortz is like. If you <laughs> if you combined Wormtongue, Saruman, uh, Denethor, um, and uh, it took five minutes for the lies to start. And this was important. This was very important. This is very important. Okay, so guys, this is the part because this is. This seems to just be setting up the final battle and introducing cool new characters, but this is really setting up all of next season when, because of the upcoming insane display of magic by Yennefer, uh, when her Jedi Master Tessiah frees the chaos, you know, let, let it out, you know, we, we could use a little worse, Bruce. Um, they set the Nilfgaardian army back quite a bit, but then all of a sudden, lots of players in the female and male persuasion of magic start popping out of the woodwork, and Vilgefortz is one of them, and he, he they describe him early as being dark, but charismatic, and mischievous, and good-looking, and young, and ambitious. Oh, this was a fun little part, I forgot. It was is that, you know... Yennefer has been totally reckless in terms of her life and, and moral decisions, but now she's had some time to think after the Geralt thing, and that really hurt that exchange. It was very sad with, with Istred. And so now she's just wandering around the old tower because she's brought here by Vilgefortz, and she's coming here because of her sisters, and it turns out that everything's gone to shit. And maybe she was abused, as we saw, uh, sort of verbally and, and, and emotionally abused, uh, you know, piglet. Um but then she was made the best student and then she was accepted as the most powerful teacher's pet but these girls have it way too easy and the darkness that is the dark power capital D capital P that is Yedifer can just smell the complacency and the weakness of what's going on and so just like their breakup forces Geralt to focus and start seeing the world. Oh, yes, they're bringing back old Yennefer. Right after the meeting with Istrid. It's beautiful. She punches. Uh, we're really revisiting. Oh, she thinks of killing herself. I totally forgot that. She's going to murder herself. Suicide. Botany. So, I, you know, Istrid... Well, he has more screen time this season. I knew the Istrid story. It's a wonderful story. They did it justice, even though he never interacts with Geralt. In terms of the, the tragic, another, again, someone who Yennefer doesn't deserve their love, and yet they also don't deserve 
being rejected by someone as underdeveloped emotionally as, as Yennefer. Or just twisted. Uh, is she going to immediately... She's going to immediately start doing dark magic in the middle of the, her old tower. But she does. Uh-oh. She, she immediately starts pulling a Tasaya on them and being like, you're worthless. I'm going to help you be not worthless. Everyone's tripping. She's not. God, you're pretty. (laughs) Istra didn't think so. But, look, I'm going to say it. Other than Istrid, for the most part, never, ever, ever tr- trust male magic users of any kind. And it's not really a spoiler because it starts happening so frequently in the books. That's why the women continue to be more interesting because a lot of them do end up being evil. And some of them being, end up being very good, like Triss, or, you know, eventually very good. Like, you know, get to being very good, like Yennefer. Um, some of them, like Philippa, you never know which way the wind is blowing. The conduit moment, right? They haven't... Right, they're being trained based on, like, completely unestablished potential. She had to, like, teleport herself into the tower to even be taken in. She's immediately starting to act like the the rectress of the the tower. When does Saya come back? Yeah, again, mixed... with self-loathing as always with her talking to them as she was talked to and as she feels like she deserves to be talked to i mean the thing is you know psychoanalysis can be dangerous with movie characters but it's so obvious with yennefer and especially because you know we who know her love her and are rooting for her really want to expose how bad her brain is at certain parts in the early going So, look, we heard coming into the season, and based on my feelings that I just get about young female uh, actors and uh, actresses uh, who are multi-talented, who come in and just kill it out of nowhere, I can tell, you know, from, from a trailer, I can tell from screenshots sometimes, I can tell just based on a single performance, like Elizabeth Olsen in, in, in Age of Ultron, um... It was so clear just based on what everyone else was saying. Like, in interviews, everyone's like, oh, Frey Allen's amazing as Siri, and of course, Henry Cavill is a legend, he's Superman. Like, everyone's full of praise of everyone, but the one name that kept popping up over and over again was Anya Chalotra. And she was 23, and she was beautiful in a totally unique way, and was going to totally work as Yennefer. The early pictures immediately felt with the purple and the black and everything and the darkness like Yennefer. Um, and totally someone that Henry Cavill slash Garrett would fall in love with and be obsessed with, infatuated with, make bad decisions because of is she going to end up killing these girl, poor girls? Oh man, there's ugly Jennifer. Oh, uh, turn them into right. This was the callback to the turning them into eels. Is she going to turn them into eels? Push your friend into the pool. I yeah, I never know what the eels thing is. Are, are they are they 
uh, like caterpillars becoming butterflies, or do they just that's where they serve magic the best is as eels up to Saya just in time. Man, is she stunning and awesome. So, right. So, the main MVPs, the two main female MVPs are Queen Kalintha and Tessaya right here. And the males um, uh, with less screen time, but they're just so charismatic and such important characters in, in Yennefer's and in, in, in the lore's life and existence here and going forward are Istrid, who we keep talking about. Goodbye, Istrid. Never going to work out with Yennefer that you want. And Vilgaforts. Look at this place. It's a joke. Right. Mm. All right. Let's start praising some people here. Mayanna Burring is Tessaya. Gorgeous in real life as well. Royce Pearson as Istred. Oh, my God. I don't know if he's even done much. He's done video games. He's done some TV. Oh. Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah, he's just like a career side voice actor and just lucked into this. It makes me think that he's a voice actor slash theater actor. Alright, here comes everyone. Here comes all the mages. Oh my god. Vilgefort. Yep, Vilgefortz has to become the leader so that he can ruin everything, guys. Sorry, minor minor teaser. Mahesh Jadu. Immediately, like with Eddie Redmayne, I'm attracted to this guy. Every face that he does, every movement, just exudes mysteriousness and sexiness and power. And... It was actually, you know, again, someone like me who's not fluid sexually in the sense... Okay, this is important. Here's where we get the map. This is the official map. I tried to send this to all y'all crossing the Aruga. That's where Sintra is. So the mages... Some of these... There's Triss. So some of these mages have already been... Okay, here's Franchilla. Right, so she's already in the bag. She's already in the bag for Nilfgaard. And so now they're going to all start trying to recruit one another to one another's side. So, yeah, they're going to wreck Calanthe. They're going to put this all on Calanthe. Man, these young, these young colored folk are not in a lot of stuff. Where do they find these gorgeous young men and women of color actors that we've not been getting? You, Hollywood, you have failed this industry. Almost nothing major. The guy who plays Vilgefortz. And he's going to be... He's going to be like... You know, like... Uh, I don't want to commit to whether he's fully good or bad. But let's just say... And if you think from Kylo Ren to Lando Calrissian in the original Star Wars. Like, character actors that become larger than life. And essentially part of the main cast. Everything gets very complicated going forward. But if you don't think that this young sorcerer, sexy sorcerer, comes out of nowhere and starts all of a sudden making decisions that people are following uh, and is clearly manipulating the situation, here's the meditation. You meditate to heal in The Witcher. Mahesh Jadu is Australian. 
but he has such a princely bearing and voice about him. You want to believe he's a good guy. Maybe he is. We'll see. For, if only Denver got an elf guard. Right, that's what was supposed to happen, and they sent Franchilla instead. Look at Triss. She always looks so sad. That's her character. She's she's a truly good person. She's disheartened by all this stuff. Strike a ball. I mean, this is totally sold by performance that suddenly Yennefer would know right and wrong. But dealing with all of these old men who are bossing her around is part of what's focusing it. And Tosiah has her back. Triss has her back. Triss looks so grave. Triss is going to look more grave when she sees what they're doing to Siri up in Carebord at the Witcher Academy. Strigabah. Yeah. So they call it the Brotherhood. I think it's so cool. It's like, you know, little like in Battlestar Galactica, it's not Madam President. It's yes, sir. We call everyone sir. Brotherhood, sisterhood, who cares? The women are more powerful. There's more of them. Vilgefortz is on their side. That's the great thing. So they put Franchilla and all the old white guys on one side. Right, they're just saying, defending for themselves, let's abandon them. All the, all the, the older folks. But all the women, other than Franchilla. But man, here's Vilgefortz with all the women. And you're going, oh, this guy's going to be a smoldering love interest going forward. Well, maybe he will be. We'll see what they do with him. But his name is Vilgefortz, and just look at him. You know something crazy with that guy's going to happen. Tosiah is so good. She makes it into the next couple books, too, and it's important. In fact, the, 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 sort of, the, the brief time that Tosiah is able to try and train Siri, this sort of abusive, loving-slash-abusive treatment. Aratus is all I have. Right, this is when she has to really level with her favorite student. She, and, she, and she knows she's the only one who can do it. It's got to be Yennefer. She's so clearly the most powerful of the ones who might be on the good side. Vilgefortz and I are some other going to fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why would I protect this? If you want to do it for the Brotherhood, then do it for me. Yeah, exactly. I give you everything. Please. Never seen Tasaya. What a great turn! You think she's going to be so horrible as as the the mother of the of the young enchanter says? But have you ever used that word before? Yes. Now we're starting to get a little bit dark Star Wars humor, baby. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here it is, and this is so. I, I'm never going to like that he doesn't have an entire long chapter adventure with Siri and Brokolon where they get to know each other before they know who each other are. I'm never going to like that. But the way that they ha- put him in Sintra as this is happening, and it's actually the only thing that saves his life, is that everything's burning and breaking around him. Um, and that's how they get separated, and that's why he thinks Siri dies, is he's actually closer to the action. For a show like this, is much cooler. You know? I, I And... and my girl Lauren Hisrek, uh, Calanthe's really dying. The Witcher. I couldn't let him go. This is the last confession. Mouse X has been saying this all along. I know what I've done. I got chills, guys. He's in the gatekeep. And Siri slowly putting together. 
I can bring him here to Siri. Destiny may it side. Yes, he's this is all he's been trying to say to her for ten fucking years. Of course, the trauma of losing her daughter made all of it more difficult. <coughs> Excuse me, it's time. So, the way that Siri looks here as the little princess girl into the forest girl who's starting to mature by necessity into what we're going to see, part of the reason... I. I've been saying they're going to might try and move this up because of how popular it is and not wait 14 months because that would be December 2019 uh, to February 2021. Because Blood of Elves, the first half of the season, as I see it, uh, is mostly character stuff um, and they don't have to linger on it too, too long and, and care more in the Witchers and can get into like the crazy stuff with all the sorcerers and Vilgaforts and Yennefer and blah, blah, blah. He's gone. Grave filmmaking, how quickly they move between all that. If he's out there. There's still hope for her. Right. Right. And only in her dying and the death of everything around her. Bring her a cloak. This is amazing. So this is this is exactly played at the beginning. And so people who stuck with the show were rewarded for sticking with it. And now it's making club. Yes, you're the line of Sintra. Oh, uh, here comes the X-Men powers. Mm-mm. Yeah. God, she's so good. Kalinthe. So, yeah. So, Kalinthe's number one MVP. Number two is Tessaia. And number three is, uh, I guess, Mausak. And then Istrid. And then Vilgefort's just for what I know is coming in. It's perf- his, his, his Riz Ahmed level performance. He is your destiny. Yeah, it, it, she, she has to be dying before she realizes the truth. Whenever she's in power, like Jennifer and all these other corruptible, corrupted and corruptible characters, they don't see things straight. So, you know, we've all been giffing that dad mode happens at the very end when they hug, but dad mode has already kicked in for Carol. We have to see her fucking commit suicide again. Yep. We're going to see her commit suicide again so that Geralt can fucking see it. God damn it. But rather than a gag of like, haha, I'm fucking my sister. Hey, let's throw Bran Stark off the side. That'll be a fun twist. This is true drama. These are flawed characters who even Calanthe, who's so often misguided, you know, in the end, wants to do the right thing. Boom. She, but she doesn't want to be raped and tortured. The Nilf Guardians are horrible. Oh, Geralt. Oh, Geralt. And so they, you know, this was great. They, they, they spread it out perfectly. They're, you know, it, geographically, this place is huge. So they wouldn't necessarily run across each other. Geralt should be able to track her down, but they take her immediately. But then we see the boom, 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 boom. We see all the, the guards are killed. And then, wait, do we see Malsak killed again? No, <laughs> Geralt's just murdering everyone in front of him. And this is how it goes, guys. This is how it goes. Siri is constantly running away or being taken away. And he he just will do this. This is the longest... He, he'll kill, he kills someone. But he, he will... He becomes more and more of a softie when it comes to being Siri's adoptive dad. And more and more of, of a vicious monster when it comes to... Stopping anyone who tries to get between them. 
We should be born in new. That's just a bit. Oh, so this guy's supposed to be Nilfgaard, I guess. Yeah. 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 The Nilfgaardians in the game I like because they're just the best conquerors. They're like the Germans or the Austrians back in the day. Like, they're just brutal, efficient, you know, murderous, but brilliant uh, tacticians and politicians. So now we've jumped forward. So, right, so we, we jumped forward to jump back a little bit to then jump forward. And you know, obviously, Geralt is unable to find Siri, and thus the Siri in the Brooklyn Woods with the Dryads. Um, what happened to Elf Guy at this point? I totally forget. So you know, the fact that she has an adoptive family that Geralt stumbles across at the very end of the final episode. In this, you know they're setting it up because there's that very sweet motherly woman that can't possibly be evil that keeps inviting Siri over. Um, and in the book, none of that really happens. You kind of see their destinies coming together. Oh, they're immediately uh, her supposed friends who she, you know deigned to you know dress like peasants to play with them and they're like oh you're just a cheater and you're a princess and you're spoiled and immediately people in war turn horrible this is a constant theme with witcher and that's why you can't have the best fantasy can't only be royal saving people but it also can't be all the royals being awful because then there's really no hope if the people in power and the people out of power are all horrible across the board there's no hope. There has to be some good guys in, in both spheres. Only things... Yeah, this is brutal. This is the final lesson. I mean, you're going, please don't rape her. Please don't kill her. Please don't rape her. Oh, uh, here it comes. Here comes the elder blood. And guys, I talked about how I th- I think they're going to go through with implied murders that aren't... <laughs> uh, Verily I say unto you, the heir of the sword and the axe is nigh, the heir of the wolf's blizzard, time of the white chill, the white light is nigh, this is the wild hunt, time of madness, time of contempt, Uh, that's what I'm reading right now, fire goes out, screaming, Uh, um, spoiler alert, they're all dead, (laughs) brutally, and so I think they are going to do what I think had to be done as one of the adjustments, uh, in the in the series, which was just that, even accidentally, series so powerful, um, and gets so angry, um, uh, in general for humanity, what she has to go through, and what her friends and relatives have to go through, <laughs> you know, that by accident she would she would just end up killing more people, um, and uh, uh, you know, Carol's not always going to be there to do the dirty work, so she already tried to kill the you know the fake Malsack in the woods, and, and these guys, she goes straight to the fucking old uh, elfish, you know, h- high magic, and that's why, uh, you know, it, they, uh, gonna take a quick break here, and then we'll jump into season one, episode eight, much more, I don't know why they didn't call it something more, I guess, again, if you don't know the chapters, or you're not reading it, something more sounds kind of underwhelming uh but it's like the love surprise like the love surprise is way more dramatic and epic than it sounds like on the surface you know a child surprise 
I call it much more, something more. It's close enough. Um, but uh, I just love how they set up this final bit because then we do get the separation of everyone. Um, but what I was going to say is, as we get into the next episode, it already they're setting up is that you know Yennefer I think was always going to be the main character because we we knew Dandelion and, and uh, we knew Geralt's story completely through the first two books that would be the first season we knew more than enough of of that version of Dandelion in the books. Um, uh, it, it, but the whole Yennefer backstory had to be filled in. But then we also know that she kicked major ass with Triss and those enchantresses at Sodden Hill and saved a whole bunch of people. And as we will see in the next episode, you know, levels they, they uh, how do I say this? They throw so many levels, strengths, and types of magic at the bad guys that they literally set the the, the giant Nilfgaard army back multiple years. Enough years to get Siri out, get her to care more, and get her some training, which is where the next season picks up. And so we knew that Jennifer had this amazing backstory, and we knew that she was going to be looped in with Siri at the end of this, or you know, next season at the latest, and we knew that she was one of the lead enchantresses that may or may have died at Sodden Hill, which is the next episode. So just give it to us! Make... You know, I mean, Geralt's passed out, having delusions. You know, Ciri's just, again, just trying to hold on. It finally finds a nice family for a couple nights, so she doesn't just get murdered by all the roving bands of rapists and pirates and so forth. Geralt's barely alive, fighting monsters. You needed Yennefer and her people. Just totally, totally balls to the wall ass-kicking of the magical variety. So I hope you enjoyed this. I'm going to take a quick break, make sure that sound came out well, but, boy, I've been... Uh, <laughs> I've been wasting life not watching more on my, on my big screen. It's just easier to do it with one set of headphones on the computer, but, uh, you know, it's Saturday afternoon. I'm so pumped for this. And, like, all the episodes are right around an hour mark, which is usually too long for me, even for Game of Thrones. These just fly by. I can't believe how quickly they fly by. So, see you in a little bit for Season 1, Episode 8, much more. And uh, maybe we'll do a little wrap-up talk after the, the end. Um, There'll be a tiny bit of wrap-up talk, just to tease it, because, you know, just like the ashification of the Avengers at the end of Infinity War, the final two minutes is, like, the only thing I don't like. Um, the hug with Geralt is too short, and there's n- not enough emotion and drama uh, that I would have done. It's, like, literally my only complaint. But, again, having read the books and knowing where this is going with, with you know, with dad mode, uh, you know, got, uh, dad of war style, you know, God of war, Kratos style going forward. I mean, he becomes, like, the Punisher, basically. John Bernthal, Frank Castle, Punisher, you know, I mean, just a righteous murder of horrible people and protector of particularly girls and women who need protection protection um but he's gonna go through a journey here and yennefer is gonna be for sure the one who has to save the day and Geralt, um you know being blown away at the stories again between this season next i'm being blown away at the stories of, of what yennefer and tris and them did at sodden hell to save like the entire region from nilfgaard at least temporarily uh makes the fact that he th- thinks yennefer's dead and and, you know, almost losing Siri. Um, it makes them start to at least start having mature adult conversations about their relationship and their feelings. Uh, 
starting next season, which is great because it doesn't make it any less complicated. It just means it's, it's more mature. Uh, if anything, it's more complicated, but at least it's headed in the right direction. So speaking of headed in the right direction, I'm going to head to the bathroom and grab something to drink, and then we are going to totally rock out to the final episode of The Witcher Season 1. Thank you so much for joining me on this journey. It has been a joyful jubilation for Jesse, a.k.a. The Bizzle. Catch up with you guys soon, but for now, the Bizzlecast is out.